to NURFM's Thursday Finance. And Barry Preston is talking to noted economics journalist Terry McCran. Asked him the question, after two years of rate reductions in Australia, we're at a turning point, uh, another quarter of a percent, would that make much of a difference or not? Particularly for business, the level of interest rates is not something that's going to be the determinant whether they want to borrow and build a new factory or, or make a new investment, uh, open a new shop, etc. Uh, other things are far more important. And as you say, another 0.25% wouldn't make a difference. And the Reserve Bank really doesn't want to take down rates any further for two major reasons. One, they really understand that this is hurting savers. It's all very well to focus on borrowers, but savers are also important in our equation, particularly those who are retired and are self-managed super fund uh, recipients, they don't, the Reserve Bank doesn't want to penalise them anymore by cutting rates. And the second thing, of course, is the property market, where already we see the lower rates as causing a, a, a rise in activity in the property market, particularly uh, in the residential property market, the existing properties. And uh, it's, you know, we, we might talk about that a little later, but the Reserve Bank that really doesn't want to stoke the fires in that uh, space much more, which would happen, of course, if rates went further. We see the Reserve Bank come out and speak about these interest rates, but Terry, do the big four banks have more impact on business households than the RBA? Also, uh, they've not uh, cut their credit card rates where there's a huge debt. Well, you're right on this. I'll come back back to the credit cards, Barry, but on the first point, the Reserve Bank, when it sets its official rate, that puts the foundation for rates across the economy. Now, obviously, what the banks then apply as a margin on top of that, and, and they charge different margins to different borrowers, uh, means that the banks ultimately determine what you pay. Uh, but generally, and, and what we've seen over the last few years, is that the margins that the banks have applied have come down a little bit rather than being increased, with that exception of credit card rates. But credit card rates are, you know, people... That, I guess the point about credit card rates is there there are really two types of people with credit cards. Those that actually get hurt by the rates, those that have balances at the end of the month, and those that pay off their credit cards every month so they don't pay any interest. And I guess it's a a sort of a cross-subsidy. Because of those people that pay off their credit card rates, the banks penalise those that have balances and and to, to, to generate the income, which is, you know, unfair but it's a reality that exists out there. I always like when I was working in a bank, people used to say, well, we look forward with increasing interest in dealing with you, but that was... <laughs> now, here's something we've, we've been reading in the press and we've been listening to the radio and see it on television. Do we have a potential house price bubble in Australia? Well, as I said, Barry, the Reserve Bank is a little concerned about that. I mean, it doesn't want to see an, a, a repeat of what happened before the GFC, the Global Financial Crisis when the property market really was going too far in terms of rising prices, uh, A, because it's unsustainable, but secondly, because it makes it difficult for new home buyers to get into the market in the first place. But the, the difficulty of making a generalised comment, Barry, is it varies from state to state. Clearly, the cities of Sydney and Melbourne are experiencing a really buoyant property market. Now, whether it's, you'd call it a boom or whether you'd call it the first stages of a bubble, well, that's a matter of judgment. But it's, it's probably, you know, setting some warning signals. But when you look across the rest of Australia, 
and particularly into regional Australia, they, 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 you don't see that sign yet. And the, and the overall lending for housing hasn't risen dramatically. I mean, there are two aspects to a, a bubble, Barry. One is the the rising prices, and the second is lots and lots of lending taking place. And we haven't seen that uh, second part yet. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hope we don't. Now, talking about the car industry, looking at our economy now, talking about the car industry, can it survive? If not... Won't the loss of jobs, skills have a huge impact? I mean, the jobs on families and the government income, skills loss will be hard to find. And, of course, the ripple-on effect, it's going to be a, a, a big problem to face. Well, that's a big, big question, Barry. I mean, it, it's, a, it's the toughest decision that the, that the new government faces in its, in its opening months because we really don't want to say goodbye to the car industry because, as you say, it's so important in founding skills, not just in the car industry, but across the economy. And, it, and the, the, the innovation that takes place in and around the car industry feeds into the rest of the economy. It's, it's sort of our version of the U.S. space program, because in America, we, 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 all the inventions that came out of sending man into space fed into the rest of the economy, both in the consumer products we got and in terms of the industrial industrial technology. So our car industry is really crucial to maintaining that sort of skill base and that sort of technology. But having said all that, Barry, if you, I mean, if it can't survive, you, you sort of can't prop it up in the corner and just, just keep it so artificially supported that it, it, it becomes a sort of a living, a living mausoleum. So it's a very, very tough question. I, I certainly don't have an easy answer to it. I think some assistance to the car industry, yes, but it's a question of you know how much and, uh, and and whether you can really support it. Talking about that Ford and Holland, it doesn't matter. Is the product is it the problem of the product, or is it the cost to build the product the main challenge for those car companies? Uh, well, it's a bit of both, Barry. I guess you know we've, we've come a long way from the when everybody the family car was the six cylinder Holden or Ford or Falcon and. Um, uh, we, you know, we had this explosion both in four-wheel drives and uh, obviously four-cylinder cars. So it's a bit of the product, and, and you know the number of cars they sell, the six-cylinder cars, which is the mainstay, is quite low now. But the, the, the cost is a huge issue, and it's not simply the cost in a narrow sense of what you know what it actually costs to make the car, but the, the, the other issue is that the value of the dollar, which means that the stuff, the, the cars that are imported are so much cheaper than they would otherwise be if the dollar was uh, around 70 cents rather than close to parity. And uh, so the combination makes it very difficult for the car industry to survive. And, and I, to give them their due, they, they have engaged in, in innovation to try and meet those challenges. We've got the Ford Territory. But it, it, it comes back again ultimately buried to volume. If you just can't produce enough cars mm. in a factory... Uh, it makes it very hard to be cost competitive. Thursday Finance and Barry Preston. And we're talking with Terry McCran. Terry, look, uh, I don't want to put it in this way that we could be losing part of our food chain, but two companies in particular, Grain Corp and Warren and Bull Cheese and Butter Factory, are both under threat of foreign takeover. There's, of course, Bega Cheese trying to take over Warren and Bull Cheese, but there are <clears throat> a lot of other people outside of Australia trying to take this over. Now, we don't seem to have the companies in Australia that are prepared to buy Australian companies or take them over. What, what's the situation here? What do we do? 
Well, it's a big question, Barry, and I think you're right. And uh, I think it feeds into a, a much bigger issue, which is that these foreign companies are better able to see the potential and the great the great profits and businesses business that can flow to us in the food sector uh, from what's happening in Asia, the, the tremendous growth of Asia, the, the increasing number of people that are moving up the income chain and want to buy the sorts of products that uh, that we buy, for, you know, the, the cheeses, the dairy products and so on. So uh, it's more the fact that the, those companies, in the, you know, the big companies overseas can see the opportunity, can see that uh, although they might look as if they're paying a high price to buy these companies now, they will reap the benefits going forward. So I'm, I think that that really challenges us as a community to say, why shouldn't Australians, investors and businesses, be the ones that uh, develop those industries and, and uh, make the profits and, and keep them in Australia going forward? Now, I'm reluctant to say... To say to, to, to argue that governments should stop foreign takeovers, <laughs> but I certainly would, would like to see them get out of the way of those companies in Australia that are prepared to uh, or want to go want to uh, do the mergers and the build the build the, the the companies of size to compete in that global marketplace. So in the case of Warrnambool Cheese, we've got a, an alternative to a foreign takeover, which is Murray Goulburn, which is the biggest dairy group in Australia. But you've got the, 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 the competition authorities say, so, well, that will reduce competition. <laughs> and, and it's missing the bigger picture. That It's not really about competition in Australia. It's about competition in the global marketplace. Yes, yes. And, of course, um, going on from that, um, uh, we look at it and people are saying, well, the government should take them over. But uh, with all due respects, any government that takes over a company uh, doesn't seem to be able to run it efficiently anyway. I think that would be an even worse outcome, Barry. <laughs> the classic example is the Commonwealth Theorem Laboratories. In the old days, it was owned by the government. It did a great job providing us with, uh, with the basic uh, serums that we needed, you know, the anti-polio and the, and the, the, the snake bite serums. But when it was privatised, it became a major global company. And I'm not just talking about a major Australian company. Mm, huge. Now, a major global company in this whole space of blood products and... Um, and uh, uh, biotechnology. Okay, now, early stages yet. What area do you think will the carbon tax removal help first? Well, I think the first big thing, in which the government is obviously banking on, is cutting electricity prices. Uh, they estimate that it will cut electricity prices by 9% on average. And that's, that's you know, obviously important to your listeners as consumers, but it's very important to your listeners who are running businesses. And uh, removing that or reducing that burden, is a, which will spread right across the economy, is a big plus. Um, so that's a big plus, both consumers and for businesses. One quick question left, Terry. Uh, the USA, the Dow's at record highs, so is the USA borrowing, 17 trillion, I think. There's 47 million people on food stamp. They've got low wages. Where to next for the USA? <laughs> that's a big question, Barry. I mean, I, what they, I think what they've engaged in with this money printing has been mis- misconstrued and it's been misplaced. And it's, it's actually made the problem worse. It's made, as you say, it sent the share market to record highs. So those those playing in the share market, essentially higher income earners, the rich, have made a lot of money over the last few years. But the basic economy, as you indicate, is still very very poor. And you've got 47 million people on food stamps. You've got uh, an economy that's not performing well. So 
they've got to face that challenge by by removing the drip, the money drip, and actually making the economy work better. It's going to be a big, big challenge. Wow, wow, wow. Terry, on behalf of everyone at 2NURFM 103.7, thank you very much indeed. We probably won't talk before Christmas, and in respect to that, look after yourself, have a happy Christmas, keep safe. And all the best to your listeners too for the, the new year, Barry.